minutes earlier. The imminent part about this is that Carson Wentz is getting traded. So how many people out there are starting to have mixed thoughts about this? You having any um, remorse or any change of heart? No, I'm not. I just don't think that this is going to work here. But it is starting to really it's put it on in. blast that how did this happen? I think that's really – it's crazy. We're so in the moment. We're so involved. But now that it's clear as day he won't be here, we start asking the questions, how? How did it happen so quickly? Yeah, I wonder what people out there – if we were to say, how did this all happen? I think most people's answer blames Roseman. But is it much more complex than that? Definitely. And that's why I told you last week, I like to dive a little deeper. It's not just as simple as Howie Roseman. There are so many reasons why you collapse this way. It's not just one person. It's Carson Wentz's play. It's the offensive line. It's Doug Peterson. It's Howie Roseman. It's Jeffrey Lurie. It's the scouts. It's everything. You don't just fall that quickly because of one individual. That's too simple of an answer. It really is. Well, that's a funny thing because in general, they did everything right for one season, it seems like, to win that Super Bowl. And now we're saying they did everything wrong post-Super Bowl to get to this point. Is it impossible for that to happen? Um, Here's the problem, okay, as I kind of see it, as we kind of like look at what happened here. So much of the success of a franchise falls in the lap of a quarterback. you got to have the quarterback. Everything they did... From, you know, 2016, they drafted this quarterback. They made all these trades, which, by the way, Roseman should get a lot of credit for. And another thing Roseman should get a lot of credit for that we conveniently forget. Now, the problem is we don't like the player that he drafted. He traded Sam Bradford out of here and got a first-round pick in return to clear the way to let Wentz take over. That was an unbelievable move. Everything they have done since then has really been, hey, we got our quarterback. The problem is, like the year that, it, it, like I'm trying to go back to the year they won that Super Bowl and how they hit on everything. The moves they made that season, like they got Alshon Jeffrey, they got Torrey Smith. They weren't like these great players, but they went out and got a couple of players th to help the quarterback. And then they went out, and got, but they went out and got like all these veteran players Ajay. in season. They yeah. got a Jai, but like Patrick Robinson, like no one entered that season excited. Like this is a Super Bowl team. The play of the quarterback made that happen, right? There was more to it than that. Just like I said, there's a lot more to it, right? Like that defense was great that year. So it was better than the offense was. Well, the defense was a lot of guys that either Roseman drafted or handpicked realistically right you had brandon graham fletcher cox um those guys were drafted and we don't know by who but some people think it's roseman some people don't like the way they built that team though was just kind of unconventional like all these free agents and then as we talked about earlier lori kind of gave them the go-ahead the green light to go for it again and when you have that quarterback that's what makes you go for it again like you don't have aaron Rodgers and start to say Eh, don't do everything you can to win a Super Bowl. When you have what? Aaron Rodgers, you do everything you can all the time. I, I agree and I disagree at the same time, though, only because I don't think they did everything they could to surround Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is not Carson Wentz, so it's a different story. But I don't think this organization and the Green Bay Packers did everything they could 
to help Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl this year. And drafting a quarterback would say that. That was more of a, hey, this is an organization pick, not an Aaron Rodgers pick. But Aaron Rodgers is so good and he's such an outlier that he was still able to get you to an NFC Championship game. But it is true that they did not fully go all in for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but here's the here's the the rub there, if you will. When you have that level of quarterback, I think sometimes you get spoiled to say, I can go and get other areas because I have this quarterback. I don't have to get him Hall of Fame wide receivers. He doesn't need Hall of Fame wide receivers because he's Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe he does because they did fall short. And not, I'm not saying that's, that's the difference, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know, maybe they, maybe maybe they made a mistake by doing that because maybe that was the difference. Sure, but that's but that's my point though is that's the thought process of I have Aaron Rodgers, therefore I don't have to draft a receiver in the first round. I can get by because I have Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make Equimonious St. Brown better than Equimonious. But he's Saint also Brown yeah. The the Packers have the ability to do that. To to think Wentz is on the level of that is. But not that's what I but see. but that's not what you see. But that might be what the Eagles saw is we have a quarterback that we don't have to go out and do these things because we have that type of player that we don't have to get a guy in the first round because we have that type of player. So we can start getting guys in other areas because the quarterback is good enough to make the other guys better. I think that's a little bit of a flawed mindset, though. Not if you watched him in 2017. If you watched that season, that you would say. I don't have to have first round but players. You got, right. But I mean, at some point, you got to realize that 2018 was in 2017 and 2019 was in 2017. So to keep relying that this is what you have, you got to make well, that adjustment. Okay. Here's the problem there. In 2017, he looks like this guy, right? In 2018, he comes back off that injury. He's not the same player. And he's coming off a major, major knee injury. He plays 11 games. He was good. He wasn't great. Oh, he was on. Yeah, I mean, he was four and six, I believe. And then Nick Foles stepped in. Yeah, I'm saying he played 11 games. He was just okay. He was good. He wasn't great. He threw, I don't know, like 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So he still had a pretty good season. He just wasn't the guy he was the year before. So therefore, we say, well, he wasn't very good at all. Well, no, he just wasn't the guy he was the year before. But he's coming off an ACL injury. Fine. We see guys off that ACL injury. It takes him a year to bounce back. The next year, last year, 19, he's kind of just okay again, and then he goes on that run late in the year. So I think the organization after last year maybe could have started to say, and then they draft the quarterback, of course, Jalen Hurts, in the draft. So in 2019, after seeing him for the second year in a row not be the player that he was in 2017, I think that's when they started to say, hmm, maybe this guy isn't the guy that we saw in 2017. Yeah, I'm still having trouble with them, just the way that they handled it all from the jump. Like I said, it's not just one person's fault, but there's no way that you can justify this type of collapse. So but something you, went wrong. But the point I'm making is, you have in your mind a franchise quarterback. You gave him a contract. He has this great year. You win the Super Bowl. You're the number one seed. You start to build your team with that in mind. When all of a sudden that player is not the player that you thought you had, that changes the dynamic of building your team all of a sudden, in my opinion anyway. If I think I had this great quarterback and all of a sudden he's not this great quarterback, 
That's a problem. Yeah, but how has that changed? The, to think that if you have a great quarterback, that means you don't need to surround him properly. I feel like it's to be like, hey, we can get away with certain things be, because we have this guy. I feel like it's a flawed mindset. What? If I have a great quarterback, I want to surround my quarterback with the best possible pieces that I can. I, 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 you might say that, and I think a lot of fans would say that. Give me a receiver that the Patriots said, I need to they get for Tom, Tom Brady. They have Tom Brady, All right, Brady, give me a though. receiver that the Packers said, my point and is, they these won. teams are saying... They won once. I like how we say they won once, yeah, and that's they, like a in failure. In an Aaron Rodgers era, one time? This is one of the best quarterbacks ever. One time? All right. Give me an example of a team that has that level of quarterback. And you might say that you don't put Wentz in that category, but I'm saying the Eagles did. They drafted him number two overall. They put him on that category. When you draft a guy that high and then he performs, once he performs at the level that you drafted him at, that's when they say, we got our guy. Yeah, okay, but I'm not demanding for a billion Devontae Adams. I'm saying we need to upgrade more than what you have. I'm not screaming for the top of the top elite ABs and, and, and Julio Jones. I don't need that. I don't need that. But I need proper personnel, and that's different. That's I'm not claiming you got to have elite receivers everywhere. You got to give you more than what you were given, though, at, at the same time. Well, I guess. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with guys who were just average. Yeah, they so were, their yeah. mindset was, that's what we can. Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey Alshon that year Jeffrey, was, a, was a better than average player. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't special. He no. wasn't a Pro Bowl player. No, but Torrey Smith was a professional speed guy. That's just an the, average guy. Yeah, but he did it at a professional level. He didn't do yeah, it at like, I'm, a, saying, I'm just fast. You didn't have to get that guy. They got him cheap, in other words. Put it that way. They got him very cheap. It was a good fit. Yeah. But it was a professional speedster. Right. But I'm saying it wasn't a guy they had to draft early. They didn't have to do anything special to get him. He was wildly available. Nobody really wanted him. And they picked a guy up that fit what they needed. But that's the point is they had this. My point that it is they had this view of this is how we won a Super Bowl. And this is what we won with. We didn't have to go get this top-level receiver to do it. Our quarterback was good enough to, to win with Alshon Jeffrey. So we don't have to go draft a guy in the first round that's better than But here's Alshon my problem. Jeffrey. It's like Torrey Smith, right? If you don't have Torrey Smith on that team, I don't think you win the Super Bowl. He played an important piece. So if you feel, oh, we don't need Torrey Smith because Wentz could make anyone play that role, I think it hurts you. Like That mindset, to me, is what's flawed. Because yeah, Torrey Smith but, was a role, a big part of being that speed. Yeah, but Torrey Smith is not the guy that I'm talking about. That, yeah, I agree with that. Like I said, the next year that they're missing a guy like Torrey Smith, the guy that can stretch the field and take the safety out of the box and do all that kind of stuff. They didn't have that guy. But my point is you don't have to get that guy. That is not a guy that you have to spend a lot of money for, draft very high, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there. and I don't care. I don't care how they get these people, but they still got to get the right. right but people. I'm saying, like, so they saw their blueprint to win a Super Bowl. That's what they're building from. To say, okay, this is what we did. We don't need to get this number one wide receiver. We had a guy who was a good player, not great. Fine. We had another guy who was kind of a journeyman. Fine. So when they're building this team with that quarterback in mind. Their blueprint in front of them was, I don't need this number one stud wide receiver. We can get by with just a, 
a, an okay yeah, guy. You don't need a stud to win. A stud. Right. You so, don't but need the that. difference is now when the quarterback's play started to trickle down, then yes, you started to need more of these things. But they started to build a team with a different quarterback in mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's saying? almost like putting all the blame on Wentz again, where, well, it's the offensive line. No, it's Doug, I'm it's not Wentz. trying to put the blame on Wentz. I'm just saying, because his play took a step back. But his play took a step back because of pieces around him, the offensive line. Like, all of that played a role in his play stepping back. Then that kind of goes back to this offensive line thing, and that's where I can't just say, like, okay, it's just Wentz. But he There's didn't have so those problems. involved. He didn't have the line problems the previous two seasons. He had the line problems this year. Yeah, but, but you even said, you said he was good. No, yeah, but he wasn't the same player in 19 or 18 that he was in 17. Yeah, obviously. That's for sure. So they started to, they start to say, they're building a team with the quarterback from 17 in mind. But in 18 and 19, they no longer but had that But that's flawed on their fault then. To even think of one year means this is a, for you to like, all right, let me change every, as if if Carson Wentz wasn't that guy that had a different game plan and drafting and all that, and they decided to change that route because of one year. I think that that's a flawed mindset. If you had a blueprint and because you saw one season of Wentz, you said, hold on, let me change everything I was going to do because I had one good year of Carson Wentz. And then it all screwed up everything because he wasn't the one guy you thought he was after one season. You deserve blame as a front office. Sure, you could do that. You could say like we misevaluated how good this guy might be. Yeah, that's a that's that's a problem from a front office standpoint. In my uh, I don't blame them all that much for that because the guy got hurt. So he might have been this great player. But don't they that have to injury. adjust to that because they knew that that season that he got hurt. You need to. That's part of your job. Is to evaluate well, I see think the future. Here's the all. problem. He came into the 18 season late, and then he got hurt again in that season. So that season's really hard to evaluate. Not to mention, most guys, the year off that ACL injury, that next year after the ACL injury, they're not the same player. So it was really hard to evaluate, I think, after that season anyway. It is. I just don't think that they changed any plan. I don't think because they thought Wentz was something, they changed the plan. I think this was their plan the whole time, and their plan obviously failed after the Super Bowl. See, I I, I think that they thought they thought they had a better quarterback than they ended up with. But why would that change your philosophy? If this team had 20-plus years of success, they've somewhat been doing it the same way the whole time. So this isn't just let's change everything out of nowhere. This sort of has been who the Eagles have been. No, because, yes, it has been what they've been. They've built a team. They don't draft wide receivers. They don't draft offensive skill position players. They draft well, they offensive draft them, line. They draft the wrong ones. Well, because they've never had to do it. Then all of a sudden they said, this guy needs help. He needs more help than guys in like McNabb when he was here. What was the argument all the time? Yeah, they did. never got him a wide receiver, which is true. Because when they Reed, did, they went to the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid's philosophy was, we don't need a wide receiver. He's doing the same thing in Kansas City, by the way. We don't have to draft a wide receiver. We'll get one someplace else. Well, they ended up getting Tyreek Hill, who is that number one wide receiver. He just didn't get it in right, the first but round. That's Reid saying, I'll find a guy someplace else. Do not waste a pick on the first round. I got a Does quarterback. Does it matter where they get him? If, if no, it takes Howie it a first-round pick, then so be. It takes him a first-round pick. You even said the Chiefs don't have a lot of first-round picks, so if it takes the Eagles the first round to get that Devontae Smith, which is a, a version of their number but one. But I'm saying, you, when you look at Reed, when they had McNabb here, the biggest argument people had was they never took a wide receiver. They would never get McNabb a wide receiver because Reed's philosophy was, you don't, I don't need a wide receiver. Like, 
I don't ha need a wide receiver because I have McNabb. McNabb is good enough to make Todd Pinkston good enough. He's good enough to make these guys good enough until he wasn't, and they finally went out and got T.O., yeah. but they refused to draft a guy in the first round that entire McNabb era. They never drafted a guy for him. But it's not ironic. That doesn't mean it's right. It just shows me that it's not ironic that he gets to the Super Bowl when he gets T.O., and then you look at the weapons the Chiefs have, and you have number one guys. Whether they took them in the first round or not, they got them. Now he's winning Super Bowl. Right, but the point is, the philosophy of the organization is, I can find a receiver in round three, four, five. I'm not going to go get a guy in round one fine. or two. The philosophy's fine if you do it. They're not doing it. I'm fine with the philosophy. You got to find them in three, four, five. They're not finding them in three, four, five. Well, absolutely. But my point, so I'm saying, so if you have a, a journeyman type of quarterback, you might be more apt to say, this guy's not as talented. We need to give him a more talented player to get more out of him. They're looking at Wentz saying he's talented enough that I don't need to take a wide receiver in the first, second round. My point that I'm making is all of a sudden they decided to change their philosophy and started drafting receivers in the first round this year, the second round the year before. Kind of tells me they changed their perception of what they thought Wentz was. Or the league has just changed and it's way more offensive-minded where the way that the, the game is being coached and the designs have now they've adapted to, hey, we want to be – because Jeffrey Lurie is obsessed, and I mean obsessed with these offensive – plays and scheme it tells me more so that Jeffrey Lurie's so obsessed with how the game is being played that he wants those players more so than anything Wentz related this part of uh, I don't know if you saw this Joe Santa Laquito I did today yeah, all right did. it was uh now Joe was the guy who wrote the story two years ago about Wentz that everybody ripped him he kind of has a follow-up to that it came out today at Philly voice and one of the things that stood out to me in this conversation that kind of made me think of this whole uh angle that that you know was numerous sources stated there are many things Wentz lacks, but he possesses a high football IQ and can recognize what a defense is doing. Wentz is a glorified system quarterback who needs the right coaching, the willingness to accept coaching, take proper preparation, and have a lot of pieces around him. He's not going to create like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes. That's where the Eagles got fooled after 2017. That version of Wentz is gone, and they still haven't accepted it. I never have a problem, though, when people say, if you wait around until you find Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, have fun. Have fun, because it's going to take you forever. To say that someone needs help, to say that a quarterback needs pieces around him, I don't think that that's a flaw. You can win with players that need a good roster. Everyone needs a good roster. So this mindset of, you need a quarterback that just takes everything, and he's the only piece. You can't just wait for that quarterback because they don't come around. I remember talking about this when they traded up to get Wentz. I was not a big fan of them going from where did they start? They were like something to 13. They, 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 they jumped they to twice. Yes, they did. They didn't, they didn't move And twice. my whole point was you're chasing this ghost that doesn't exist. You're chasing this franchise quarterback that there's only so many of them. Tom Brady doesn't fall into your lap, Peyton Manning doesn't fall in your lap. The difference is that's starting to change. These guys are coming into the league and they can play. You but know? they need help, though. Like, what does they, they can play mean? Because these guys, you can name all of them. They all need help. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, all these. They need help. They need help. They are not just guys that can go out there. And Kyler Murray anyway. got help. They got uh, and, Hopkins and they didn't make the playoffs. 
<laughs> Doesn't that kind of prove my point, though? That you, no, you not necessarily. Help. I mean, I think, look, in all the times, and, and during the McNabb era, when I was doing this show, people would say they had to get them wide receivers, and they never got wide receivers. Then they got T.O., and they went to the Super Bowl, and we talked about that. Yeah, they, and they made it to the Super Bowl. But for the most part, there's not a whole heck of a lot of teams that you can go through that won these Super Bowls that had gone out and got this great wide receiver to go with their quarterback. Like most of those quarterbacks are good and they make the guys around them better. Definitely. I'm not demanding a number one guy. I'm not, I'm not, well, everyone has a number one guy, but I'm not demanding that it has to be a Julio Jones or an Antonio Brown. It doesn't really have to be that. It just needs to be better than kind of what we're getting. I need well, this, yeah, right now, the injury problem, like Alshon Jeffrey, he wins the Super Bowl. That year, he doesn't get hurt. They won the Super Bowl with him. So if he's not hurt the last two seasons, I don't know, is this team good enough with Alshon Jeffrey? Or all of a sudden, do we say, well, no, he's not good enough. Well, you won the Super Bowl You'd with him. You'd have to surround him with that speedster. Now, if you get that professional well, speedster. Deshaun Jackson. Right. Well, then, yeah, of course. If you have Deshaun so the in a healthy Alshon. the process of, how to, uh, of building it wasn't all that flawed. It just didn't work out. Yeah, but you were talking about they would have to do it properly, right? It's not about how they, where they draft these guys, how how they get them. It's just about getting them. Right. But I'm saying, like, they had the same thought process. We have Alshon Jeffrey. We can win with him. The one year they let Smith go, they struggled. So what did they do? We'll go out and get the best field stretcher in the league. But you also said this. That team in 2017 was so, like, perfectly fit. To try and duplicate that again is a problem. And they went to try and duplicate the same thing. Doesn't have to be the same thing. And it seemed like they were obsessed with the same thing. Hey, you win one in your career, in your league, in your team's history. I can't really fault them for trying to rep, uh, duplicate it. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy that we're even here today. But what else is crazy is this UFC 258 bet that DraftKings is giving you. They're giving you 100 to 1 odds on either fighter to land a punch. I mean, it's absolutely insane. You have to do that now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code 973. 100 to 1 odds that either fighter in the title fight will land a punch. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey. Only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLING. That's Gamble. crazy. Uh, 5 o'clock hour brought to you by Bernie Robbins Jewelers. Shop the Valentine's Day sale now at BernieRobbins.com. Yeah, 50% off right now at BernieRobbins.com. Hey, when we come back, we'll look back at a wild Super Bowl. Wasn't so wild. But you know what was wild about it? It was a domination. That's what was wild. Why did the Bucks dominate? Or visit our website, 973ESPN.com. All right, 5 o'clock hour of the show. It's brought to you by Bernie Robbins Jewelers. Shop the Valentine's Day sale now at BernieRobbins.com. Yeah, you can get 50% off right now at BernieRobbins.com. And then in store starting February the 10th. This is the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. We're going to do a little look back at the Super Bowl and... I think it's interesting, as we've been talking about this Eagles problem, when you watched that game last night and saw how an offensive line, a, a wrecked offensive line, can impact the game, I think you saw firsthand, Casey Joyner, what happened last night to the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offensive line was a mess, and their offensive game plan was a mess with it. It absolutely was. It brings back, you know, I always – 
are frequently referred to the old Raiders under Al Davis and their approach to the game. And John Madden used to say that the offensive line was the most important thing that you had from building a team. And Al Davis disagreed and said it was cornerbacks. But Al Davis thought the offensive line was the second most important. So the and that's part of the reason they focus so much of their energy on, on that group and why it helped them out. And that's what you're seeing in the NFL today. If you can control the line of scrimmage, if you could dominate with your offensive line, you can get you can run about just about any type of system you want to run. And if you can't, it, you really can't run any system. And we saw that yesterday at Kansas City. They couldn't block up front, and it destroyed their offense. It really did. Now, do you look at that as the difference in that game last night? I think I watch a lot of plane crash investigation videos, and it seems like the you know, the 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 Chiefs' offense looked like a, a plane crash last night. Usually, when you watch those videos, there's like four things. It's not usually one thing that causes the wreck. It's three, four, five things that does it. So I look last night and I go the offensive line. I don't understand why. I get it, and I don't understand why. You lose your left tackle, and you decide we're going to take our right tackle, move him there. We're going to take our right guard, move him to right tackle. We're going to start a new right guard instead of having one potential problem. Now you got three. So that was part of it. It was Mahomes' toe. I think it was impacting him more than everybody thought it would. He just wasn't quite as accurate, not quite as mobile. He still made some great plays, but he didn't look quite like what Patrick Mahomes normally looks like. And I thought that the I thought that as Peter King said, and the the Chiefs looked like they were not a poised team. I think what happened with uh, Britt Reed and that whole situation late in the week, I really think that that troubled Andy Reid, and I think the team took some of that vibe from him. Well. Uh- Obviously, we got to give Tampa's defense a lot of credit. Yes. Now, do you look at what Todd Bowles did and said, "Look, their line is in shambles. We're going to come up with a game plan to 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 go after that." I look at it and say, I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from Bowles. I mean, Bowles has been a superb defensive coordinator. He went 14 and what is it, 14 and 34 his last three years as a head coach of the Jets. So, this talk about being a great head coach, sometimes you're your skill set says you should be a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, he, I, he'd have to prove that, he need, that there's something more there because that was, was a train wreck when he left there. But as far as being a great defensive coordinator, there's no doubt he's a great defensive coordinator. But look at last night. He sits back and plays cover two and says their their offensive line has got three starters, you know, two starters out of position and a new starter. I'm just going to take my talented front four and just get as aggressive as I can against that front and just sit back and play cover two and see if you can beat me. And it's your cover two or cover four. It's not like it's not a smart game plan, but it's also a this is we're going to do this. And until you can make us stop doing this, we're going to keep doing it. And Kansas City never got to a point where they could get them to stop doing it. Before the game, we asked the question, if Andy Reid wins, what does this mean for his legacy? Well, he lost and they couldn't even score one (laughs) touchdown. But like you said, a lot of factors. Does this hurt the legacy? Does it keep it neutral, knowing that there's going to be more Super Bowl trips with this quarterback? Probably. How do you see the conversation moving forward for uh, Andy Reid? You look at the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame seems to say, for the most part, that you got to get two championships to get in. It, Tom Flores has two, and he got in, and and you know. But you make some exceptions for a guy like a Bill Cowher. I think of it this way: I, I look at it from a different perspective and say, Chiefs almost lost last year. They were behind after three quarters and great comeback and things, but they almost lost. Imagine if Jet Chip Wasp doesn't work and they lose that game. Now Andy Reid is the guy who lost to New England in the championship game. Then he would have lost to San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Now he loses to Tampa in the Super Bowl. We'd still be talking about him as a, in about the same light as we were before this. So maybe it is that last year made a reset for him. And I keep thinking this idea that Mahomes is going to keep going all these Super Bowls. Think back to – I'm going back in the day a little bit, but Dan Marino – 
great rookie year, terrific second year, and everybody's like, he's going to make tons of Super Bowls down the road, and he never made another one. It's not guaranteed that Mahomes keeps going back to, you know, they were saying last night, he could win four more Super Bowls. I'm like, are you kidding me? Nobody wins four Super Bowls for the most part. He could, but let's not just make that the default for him. There was also other paths that say he might not win titles. You know, Tom Brady won the MVP last night, and uh, I don't know that his numbers were jumped off like, you know, uh, oh, wow, this is one of his best performances. But I want to ask you, was this a great Tampa team? Or, you know, did Brady will this? I mean, what do you make of Brady being a part of this team? Because this wasn't a lot. I mean, they had a lot of guys that were on this team last year, and that was not a very good team. Did just adding Brady to that team make them the best team in the league for a guy who did not put up, you know, Brady MVP type numbers? No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't. An, he, he was the MVP because he had a good game, and there wasn't anybody else who was strong enough. Was strong enough candidate really? I mean, maybe Gronk, maybe Fournette with the runs, but really, uh, he was about the only guy you could pick because nobody really stood up. But the thing about Brady is, they talked that later in the year. The Bucks were now a let's run the ball. Let's you're going to run what Romo say. Run the ball, throw screen passes, then go deep. It's a high percentage approach. It's almost a power football esque approach. We're going to play that type of game. That's not what Bruce Arians normally is. It's no risk it, no biscuit kind of approach. And I think he adapted his approach, realizing I can still get the big plays. Brady's going to make sure I get the big plays in my offense, but I can start playing a little more conservative, a little more high percentage than I normally would. And that changed the dynamic of that team, which allowed them to get more out of what the, what the talent that they had. I, I don't think that Arians necessarily is changing his approach entirely, but I think they finally reached that hybrid approach of what those two like to do. And it made this offense what it was. And this offense could not, I must say, protect the defense, but make the def give the de um, play a type of game that a defense doesn't have to win the game. I don't know why I'm on this coach legacy mindset right now, but you mentioned Bruce Arians. What does this mean for him? Do people look at this as Super Bowl winning head coach or this is a product of Brady? Anyone could have been in there. I heard that all the time this morning. I'm like, whoa, are we doing that already? So, you know, what does this mean for Bruce Arians? It, I, you know, what Bruce Arians saying this on the stage last night, he said, I didn't do anything here. All these people did this for me. I love the way he deflects the credit and says, hey, it's somebody else. But having said that, not everybody can do what he did. I think if he wins another Super Bowl, I think he could be in the, okay, Tom Flores, Mike Shanahan, that group of coaches that wins a couple of championships and, and it gets Hall of Fame consideration. He had some good years at Arizona. And if he does, if he coaches another couple, three years here, and let's say he gets one more championship, has another couple of successful seasons, a couple of playoff bursts, you know, win maybe conference championship or something of that nature, you'd be talking about enough skins on the wall to make a case to put him in Canton. I'm not saying he'd definitely go, but you can make a case for it, which is amazing considering how late his head coaching career started. Yeah, and for me, and maybe this is a flawed mindset, but if they, if he was to win again, let's say next year they run it back, Brady and Arians win again, I would almost look at Bill Belichick and go, huh, <laughs> is that fair for me to do, or am I, cra am I crazy? Belichick himself says it's a player's game. He's very, very consistent about saying it is a player's game. There's that thing in Do Your Job afterwards where I think it's – Edelman came up to him and said, uh, uh, Edelman and Amendola came up and said, hey, I'd do anything for you, coach. And he basically deflects it and says, hey, it's a player's game. You guys won this game. You guys did a great job. So I think, though, the thing about Belichick and Brady is, before Belichick, I don't know. A lot of coaches might have tried to make Brady into what they wanted him to be. If he would have been 
if you'd have paired with Arians before he became Tom Brady, Arians might have been like, you're going to be a uh, no uh, no risk it, no biscuit kind of guy. You're going to be this type of quarterback. I think Belichick just realized this is the type of game plan I need to craft for this quarterback. And now he's made a blueprint that a guy like Arians can follow. So Belichick still deserves some credit for figuring out what it is that Brady does exceptionally well, maximizing the value of that and doing it over the long term. And then Brady obviously added to that by being able to do this for for you know 20 20 years now let's say yeah i know at what point in that game did you what were you watching that game saying this is all tampa bay kansas city's out they got no shot here i was worried for, for kansas city when they threw all passes on their first drive and all passes on their third drive and they had two runs in the first drive because Mahomes scrambled a couple of times but when they did that and then they passed all that they did on, on their third drive it that was a concern for me because when they played Buffalo earlier this year, and they had, and Buffalo played a bunch of cover two, I think it was in week six, Kansas City ran the ball 43 times. So we're going to go ahead and run it. And then they played against Buffalo in the championship game, and Buffalo did the same thing, and Kansas City said, we're going to throw the ball. You could do that against Buffalo. You're going to be harder pressed to do that against, uh, against, against Tampa Bay. You're going to be harder pressed to, to continually do that. The other thing and I knew that the, uh, the the Chiefs had a problem is they weren't targeting Carlton Davis. They, they barely threw anything his way, never mind beating him. Carlton Davis had been an atrocious coverage player for since since we gave from week nine on. He had given up a double-digit yards per attempt in nearly every game that he played in, and he gave up six touchdowns. And they weren't even throwing his way, which means that they were finding ways to hide him in coverage. They were finding ways to do things to make sure that he wasn't covering Hill, or if he was, he was getting the kind of help that moved away. When I saw that, I said the Chiefs are going to have some problems here. All right, uh, we look back, and you know, Mahomes. I mean, he's obviously you. We would think he was going to be here a lot, but what about Brady? What what do you see, Brady? Still playing at a high level again next season. He said last night, I'm coming back. So when you watch him last night and, and watch him this season, do you still see that Tampa Bay with that team is going to be right back at it again next year? They should be better. I mean, they didn't have a training camp. They just kind of forced this team together. They did. And look at what they were. Run the ball, throw screen passes, and go deep as, as a counterpunch. If they have the kind of defense that they have this year, if they can keep that crew together, I mean, Devin White's only 22 years old, and if they bring it, you know, they take what they have, they're going to lose some of it. They can augment it and get back to close to what they were this year. If they can continue to run the ball effectively, and guys like Leonard Fournette, as talented as he is, you can get good running backs. They're they're out there. If you give them good run blocking, pretty much any running back can be a quality running back. And if you get anybody's got a little above average talent, you can make them into a superb running back if you give them good run blocking. So if they keep doing that and say we can play that sort of game, and all we have to have Brady do is counter punch, throw deep, or just be an accurate short passer, and 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 those are the things we're asking him to do. He must have played a 45. I see no reason he can't do it. We can have another couple, three seasons of Tom Brady at this level. Wow. It's incredible. I'm here for it. I keep. I feel like I want him to win instead of the Eagles. I'm just like, give me eight, give me nine. <laughs> I think it's crazy that you look at who really was successful. I mean, obviously they were all successful, but Gronk, AB, Fournette, all these guys that he kind of said, hey, let's go do this in Tampa Bay. Let's make this happen. They really stepped up last night. I think Brady knew that he could take those guys and and – what Brady, what the, uh, the Peter King article said that he wrote all the players and said, uh, we will win. And he set that kind of mindset. And I think he almost has Bar Bill Parcells used to talk about having Parcells guys. I got Parcells guys. I got my type of players, my type of coaches, the guys who are going to play my type of game. I think Brady has 
has those two in mind as being Brady guys that I'm going to have a certain mindset going into these games and you guys are going to be able to have that mindset. I can't do it all by myself is what he's thinking. I need to have people who can do this with me and he gets those people on board. And so they can come onto the team. And even though they're going to play a role, obviously with Gronk's blocking and he caught a couple of touchdowns yesterday, Antonio catched the touchdown. It's as much that they set the standard of what <clears throat> kind of game he wants to play and that they can take the Brady approach and obviously the Arians approach now that they merge together and spread that throughout the team. Because you don't want just one player or one coach being able to spread that message. You want everybody to be able to do it. And I think that's part of their value. All right. Uh, well, the season is in the books. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are the world champions for the second time in their existence. Tom Brady leads the way. Casey Joyner broke it all down for us all season long at Casey Joyner TFS on Twitter, thefootballscientist.com. And another season, my friend, is sadly in the books. But it's been great having you. It has been great being here, guys. I really appreciate it. And we look to do it again for 2021. Thanks, pal. Thanks. Casey Jordan, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline this hour. Brought to you by Bernie Robbins. All right, time for five questions to get ready to wrap up the show. We got AC and Ocean City coming up at the top of the hour right here on 97.3 ESPN. A little light night on the docket. Yeah. By the way, 5 o'clock hour. Brought to you by Bernie Robbins Jewelers. Shop the Valentine's Day sale now at BernieRobbins.com. 50% off. It's amazing. It's That store's got a lot of nice stuff. Yeah. Going to have to uh, check it out. All right, so how about this for our first question? Flyers Capitals. Any takeaways from the matchup on Sunday? Did you go heavy Flyers before the Super Bowl? or I watched. Yeah, I had it on. Couturier makes a big difference. Yes, he does. He does make a big difference. Although, you know, it's 4-4. It's back and forth. Yeah, the defensive issues are still there. They are it, there. I don't know how they win games. I really don't. I have no clue. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Well, maybe. That sounds like Carter Hart was strong. Uh, hey, oh, that's right. Dude. Was that on Sunday? Is that what we had the group chat? Me, you, and Schreiber? Uh, was that That's the game good. on Friday night? What did you say the other day that you said this team needs to fight more? What were we? Oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah maybe they should drop. Well, the I heard bus. your guys' conversation on Sunday. And I, no, so it had to be. It had to be before it, that. It's right? funny. I was thinking though. Isn't it so strange that in hockey you're telling me that you play this game and then out of nowhere you could just start punching each other in the face? Yeah, it is imagine a weird. in basketball where and it's like you know what, Jokic. Like, let's just and they just square off. Yeah. In what world is that okay? Yeah, it's it so makes weird. no sense. And by the way, I don't feel there's any correlation to victory. There's a there's a sense of like five minutes spurt of punch, but it's not. Billy tries said that this team is a fighter away. This team's no. I heard that conversation away. and I couldn't disagree with him more. I know your point was perfect. Yeah, if they had a defenseman, they wouldn't. You wouldn't need to be bringing up that they need a fighter. Yeah, exactly. If they exactly. had better defense, them getting into a fight would not factor in at all. At all, not even a yeah. little bit. It's crazy. It just look, the, I get it. Like the game has changed, and I get it. You like a certain style of the game. I'm not anti-fighting, to be clear, but I don't like the 90s version of fight. I think the fighting in today's game is fine. It's there. It's not overdoing it. It's there. It, there's a moment for it. I'm with it. But yeah. It's but I'm fun. saying, like, the style of the game is different. And you is. could say, I like the old style. That's different from saying you need to play the old style. Hey, I like the old style. They don't do it anymore. They don't do it anymore because it doesn't work. <laughs> Dude, you the know, Flyers have tried that, and that's why they haven't been successful. They've been trying to live off that lifestyle. It's crazy. 
All right, question two. How'd we do without Josh today? What'd you think? Better than last time. Well, uh, Wentz didn't get traded, so that helped. <laughs> Definitely did. Well, that goes into question number three. Tomorrow, is Wentz traded? I would think that by the end of the show, Wentz will be gone. Wow. That is what my feeling is. That's crazy. Could happen tonight. Could happen Would, tonight. I actually have a draft written for the website, ready to go. Wow, ready to get published. It's all just sitting there waiting for team and compensation. The rest of the story has been written. Wow. How did we get here? I don't know, but I sat down yesterday before the Super Bowl and wrote a Wentz trade piece. With a cup of coffee. I got a new cup of coffee from Honduras. How is that? Very tasty. Better than the last one? or uh, I like this one better. Okay. This one's got like raisin, a little raisin taste to it. Ooh. Now, you're still not on the black side yet, right? You don't do black coffee yet? Or you have... Nah. Okay, you're still with your cream. And you're consistently okay with this. You're not even thinking about making the jump, is my point. Not really. Okay. That's fine. I like a nice hazelnut. I like hazelnut, too. All right. What are you looking for tonight on The Bachelor? Or The Bachelorette? Bachelor. Is it The Bachelor? What's the season? Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Set the scene for me here. You know, I don't really, like, have, like... Can't get a vibe. Well, he got rid of the one girl who was like a total loony nutcase, so she's gone. So, like, who's the next villain now? They got to make someone the, the. Oh, you know the, that's coming. Yeah. You think he's on the right track, though. You, you like? The... I wasn't a big fan of his selections. Oh. I don't think he had a great crop. Now, does that impact the way you feel about the season moving forward? Does it check you out if you realize a couple of chicks are no longer on the show? Yeah, it's. It's uh, it's a car crash entertainment. I can support that logic. Yeah, I'm not rooting for one over the other. Sometimes I find myself doing that. Yeah, I don't feel that he has a great crew. You ever think like, huh, if I was on this show, they'd be loving me. No, I don't do that either. <laughs> All right, we're back tomorrow. No Sixers, no Flyers tonight.